Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, BAFTA, or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag Kia ora. And welcome to Mixed Bag Where we review the mixed, muddled, meh And mediocre films throughout film history I'm James. I'm Cassandra. I'm Matt. And we are joined by a special guest today. It's our first guest of 2021. Please welcome composer and sound designer Maxwell Upser. How are you doing? I'm very well. well. Thank you so much. <laughs> what a lovely intro. It's so nice to be here. Yay. Hi. Uh, how's everybody doing? I'm good. Yeah, it's a beautiful uh, Saturday day. Summer came to Wellington. Mm, yeah. Finally. I'm very excited about that. It's so wonderful to be on um, such a hot day, such a nice sunny day to be inside, yes, watching movies with the curtains closed, <laughs> so no glare on the television. I'm loving it. I feel, you know those days where you just like feel, re- feel really feeling yourself? You're just like, I feel really hot for like the past couple of days. So. Oh, congratulations. That's right. Yeah, a vibe. You know? Great. It's really nice. It's good for the summer. <laughs> and Hot you know, boy summer. Well, exactly. <laughs> and also when you're when you're feeling your hottest, that's when you attract other hot people. Mm-hmm. This is true. Yeah, this you is know? true. We've been discussing this. Hotness is a vibe. Yeah, have you been it attracting is. hot people? Is that what's been happening? Ooh, maybe. <laughs> hey, we'll not say on the podcast. I have actually, so yes. Not, <laughs> all right. I'm so happy for you. That's, oh, thank you. Great. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, from hot weather to hot content um <laughs> we are and you need heat in order to make popcorn and we are going to popcorner pop 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 popcorner what's people been watching listening well, reading i mean like we have to note that we are again recording early so we might miss some pop culture news we might miss a pop culture i think we're, we're definitely gonna we're gonna be missing the inauguration for one so like hopefully the world doesn't end by oh, the no. <laughs> by the time this comes out i think we'll be fine i think we'll I think be okay it'll be okay yeah um but you know there's fallout boy are playing at joe biden's inauguration if you what know that. and wow. apparently one know. of the reasons fallout boy would not exist without joe biden because pete oh. wentz's parents met when they both worked for him Whoa. Whoa! That's yeah. amazing. I love that. Ah. You have started popcorn at Other performers, J Lo and Lady Gaga, who reminds me of someone in the film yeah. that we're going to be discussing. Um, so uh, I want to oh, go first. Well, and... talking of the film, I'll just quickly say uh, this is a busy, loud film, and this podcast may have some busy, loud beeps and and talking here and there because our neighbours are moving, which is great for a podcast. I think it'll be fine. Now you've put mm. that warning in there. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. everyone's going to be like, oh, beep there. If, oh, there it if is. If you want, I can make some sounds yeah. to yeah. put yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. We can be like, oh, we're on a we're on a seashore. Yeah, so I was just going to jump in first with some uh, pop cultural stuff that we've been imbibing mm-hmm. this week. Uh, so yesterday, James and I went to see American Utopia, uh, which is the a new David Byrne musical <gasps> Spike Lee production, um, so which is like a kind of National Theatre Live style. It's like a, a filmed version mm-hmm. of a play, though there are a couple of little elements in there which are slightly more theatri- uh, filmic than theatrical. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a really strong concert documentary um, style piece. Uh, it's just like it's so like, interesting the way that um, David Byrne like, thinks about 
images, I think. Mm, it feels like mm, a very image-driven creator. Um, and the way that his sort of band of people, I think it's about 12 musicians, all of them are like dressed in all these grey suits and all of them are totally uncabled so that they can just move around the stage um, kind of dancing at will and forming all these different patterns yeah. and these interesting kind of, yeah, formations. It's a kind of like a bit of like a marching band element to mm. it meets like God. some points where they, they all like do multiple different like instruments. They all like sing at different points. At one point they're just one big acapella choir, which is really beautiful. Um, I'd really recommend going along and checking it out. Um, we watched Stop Making Sense the night before just mm. to sort of like prep for it. Um, yeah, and that's I'd never also... seen it What's Stop Making Sense? So that is the uh, original Talking Heads documentary um, directed by Jonathan Demme mm-hmm. from the 1980s. I do not know which year. Um, <laughs> but it's just just a great time. Hard fave mm. Jonathan oh, Demme. <laughs> it's, such a jam. it's such a jam. Yeah. Um, and it's like, um, oh, there's so many really good like classic songs which yeah. are inside it but it's even the even the songs that I don't know because I'm not like the person that knows all the Talking Heads discography so there's lots of songs that I don't recognize but I'm still like yes I just want to jump up and have a dance to this um, and I will say that as I walked out of the film yesterday I was like D- David Byrne has gotten better at singing somehow mm. and like yeah. which is very rare you it know like I feel sometimes. like most musicians like you know you have a good youthful voice and then when you get to Some your sort people, of later 50s you might yeah. have not kept it up he's I guess it's 50s it. yeah. he's definitely developed Absolutely. possibly also because that show it was on Broadway wasn't yeah. it yes mm-hmm. I bet there was a lot of vocal coaching for that that's true um, it's probably like that level of like yeah. we are doing it in a particular it's Broadway a different spot. style and, I, and David Byrne seems like the kind of person that's like I'm going to respect the yes, medium I'm I will in. work very hard yeah. with trainers and then I will credit them later at the end yeah. Yeah. Um, David yeah. Byrne is so iconic mm-hmm. very honestly iconic. just just like the moment you see the Talking Heads big suits. The big suits, oh. such an iconic moment. What and a also, moment like, in culture! What a dancer yeah, for me. Like absolutely. A, a true inspiration for my specific dance style. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you have a pretty David Byrne style dance. Yeah, totally. As so, well. like my uh. introduction to David Byrne was in the Cavern Club because I had a friend that was absolutely obsessed with the Beatles. Oh, I, mm, uh, yeah. So it would always go to the Cavern Club, and then he would kind of pop up with his like bizarre, strange dancing. He wasn't there. No, in the music videos. <laughs> well, I mean, it was very exclusive. Um, I didn't want to tell you. Uh, but yeah, it's um, Psycho Killer always uh, would pop on. Kick us in? Yeah. yeah. And, and Solid joke. Solid joke. And when I first heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? And then because we were going to Kevin Club all the time, every you know Saturday night, I got a little sick of it. And I was like, who is this dude? Uh, so seeing the full... Uh, talking heads stop making sense uh, the other night. It was like, okay, cool. I have now formed a full appreciation of like gone the full. Nice. And on. you just start making sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about you guys? Um, I, I honestly, we recorded last week, so I don't have a lot in pop culture, but um, I did see a film, which I enjoyed. And I think someone in our panel today did not enjoy. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> let me, okay. The movie is Promising Young Woman. Yes. Um, is, yeah. I went on Twitter because I saw a lot of my friends saying very positive things about it. And I yeah. internalized that. we also said last week. Yes. Part as well. yeah. I internalized when I went to go see it. Um, and I left disappointed. No, I, was, fair, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I hated the movie or yeah. I disliked the movie, but I was pretty disappointed with the movie. And I think mm-hmm. it, it's got a lot to do with the um, advertising, what it was sold as. I it, think that's fair because yeah. it was definitely mm. sold as a different type of movie than yeah. the actual film itself. Well, I don't remember itself. what it was sold as. It was sold, <laughs> oh, yeah, let me tell you the movie yeah. that I thought yeah. it was going to go in and go see. Okay? <laughs> I thought it was a movie about a woman who was a serial killer. Oh, it sure. was, there was tricking men into thinking she was drunk so that they would attempt uh, some horrible things on her. Then yeah. she would reveal that she's actually 
actually sober in complete control and the movie was basically about her like murdering all these guys and I was yeah. like that's awesome that sounds yeah. like a great thing in the movie yeah she doesn't even fucking kill them. And then, like, you know, like, there was so, like, I thought spoilers. there was... Spoilers. Well, spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, like, fine. there was so many so many moments where, like, they were building up this tension and it just never really released because they wouldn't let her murder these people. And I was like, why not? Let her murder these people. That's... I think that's kind of part of the point. And I yeah. feel like the, the advertising of it is fairly, like, mm. misleading. I would agree with you on yeah. that. That it definitely did feel, for me, from watching the trailers, that it was going to be, this woman's going to go mm. kill all these guys. It's yeah. going to be this sort of, yeah. And I think the uh, movie itself is playing with those expectations. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely, um, yeah. When the I, introduction, like, the credit sequence, she's, like, eating this cake and there's, like, red the, running down. Yeah, the red, like, she's, did she just yeah. fuck him up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it does tease that and it really is aware that it's sort of selling that idea, I think. Mm. But I, I don't know, I feel like partially what some of the, the, the thesis of the film is, like, is revenge ever going to be satisfied? Satisfying. Mm. It's like one of the things that it's asking, and Absolutely. so because it sort of it kind of ends with this conclude that sort of yeah the, the end of it. I don't want to really 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 spoil this. Yeah, okay. you but don't. Like, it, yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't have. It has a. There's some pretty satisfying stuff that happens, but there's also some pretty unsatisfying stuff that happens. Oh, in conclusion. oh yeah. Um, it's you know fairly ambiguous in that way, yeah. and I feel like partially what Emerald Fennel is trying to say is that like you can't really as much as you'd like to continue to like take out anger by doing these things and getting revenge like mm. it's not you're not going to have that satisfaction mm. because it's just so complicated and like there isn't just these clear bad guys that you can just get unfortunately because everybody's kind of terrible except for maybe yeah yeah, a yeah. People. and I, <laughs> Almost I think everyone's we've, terrible. we've seen in terms of that like revenge um kind of thriller like in terms of kill bill how it like hollows you out and it makes you this like in, like uh, inhuman kind of beast like i think the film is kind of saying that trauma like does that already like mm. it already like like so deeply affects you to the core that like she's like trying to find like trying to exist and have some like tiny form of empathy in terms of yeah who she meets and who she connects with mm. and like yeah she wishes she could like be as as ruthless as the men she's encountered but she just doesn't have that within her and that's good that she doesn't because I, I, I think i would respond more to that message if it hadn't been for the most disappointing part of the ending i don't know how much we can spoil on this mm. podcast we'll talk about it off part we'll yeah. talk about it off part i feel like spoiling the premise is yeah. fine yeah. but it is yeah. 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 in cinemas yeah. and do go we'll, and see we'll, it we'll i, go, yeah. I yeah. think like you'll have an interesting oh i think people should like it's it's beautiful like i love every department i think is doing amazing work the props the setting the the set the production design and she looks so so contemporary like in a night like, she looks so beautiful in this film oh yeah, oh, yeah. like Carrie Mulligan has always been mm. pretty but it's just like she's well yeah. styled well oh, and like yes. the styling is I really well done in terms of production design I love this the house the parents oh, house yeah the I know house was I love, specific I love I love the pink and blue color blocking during uh, my favorite sequence of the film which was Stars of Flying <laughs> Stars of Line. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that filmmaking sequence was just like, mm. oh, it's like mm. a I, I punch also, in the face. Like the supporting cast, I think. Like I loved Bo Burnham. I didn't know if I was oh, gonna love Bo Burnham in this, but I think he does a great job. And so great to see Laverne Cox. Yeah, in a movie. I'm like, I also love that they just cast all these like guys who. I like good guys usually oh, on TV. Yeah, yes. which is the um, whole point, right? Yeah, like, I know. Casting in general, also, like every piece of casting yeah, is just perfect, really good. Um, Adam Brody, if there ever was a Georgia runoff biopic or whatever, he'd be, make a great John Ossoff. First guy. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, I can you see, see it. it? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no. Um, otherwise, I have um, not been, I like started The Crown season four, which I am enjoying. Mm -hmm. It's not. 
Emphasis on it. I am. I promise. I'm enjoying it. I am currently enjoying it. It's a pretty. I never thought I'd get into The Crown, but I was like, I I need to get into season four, and it's it's um it's holding up so far. And um the new uh season of Drag Race just premiered, but also the new season of Drag Race UK just premiered, and that is so much. It's so there's just so much fun here. There's so much funny in the UK. Right. There's one queen who goes home first. Who cares? Like, this will come out in two weeks. She looks, like, exactly like Glenn Close. And her drag is just, like... Um, and that's so funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? Well, you know, exactly. Well, th- here's the thing that I'm trying to make. Like, like yeah, she her drag is pretty much, like, burlesque, kind of, like, cabaret. But she literally looks like Glenn Close as Norma Desmond in drag. Cool. And then she goes home first... Glenn never wins. She never oh. wins. She goes home. Yeah. About that. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, what about you, James? Yeah. Uh, I have pretty much been seeing a lot of pop culture that you have been uh, seeing. So kind of those two but are the big hits for me. There is also a big television series that we uh, mm-hmm. devoured. Oh, week, yes. Oh, okay. We so. kind of spoiled a bit because we came up with the idea while recording last week's pod. Yeah. yeah. So Cass, introduce me. Thank you for reminding. Yeah. Uh, the, to season six of The Amazing Race. Oh, The Amazing Race. Race. With yeah, Jonathan and Victoria. Uh, uh, terrible the pro people. wrestlers. Um, <laughs> they're not pro wrestlers. Jonathan and Victoria no, no, are no, not pro wrestlers. No, no, there are commas in between. Yeah. Terry and Bolo. Yeah. They have names. Laurie and, and Bolo. Laurie and Bolo. <laughs> she looks like a Terry. She does look like a And um, I was so surprised because I went in expecting to see the worst of humanity, and I did. I, I surely did. Yeah. But I also found the best in yeah, humanity. Absolutely. With Chris and. Chris and John. 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 Um, Chris and John. Sweeties. Who are like the most... Donna Mary Jean, mm. sweet grandparents. They're just so lovely. sweet. They're so in love. They're like, <laughs> nice oh couple. my God, honey. Yeah. Wow. They're like having a run through places. They're just like, this is the most beautiful country. Like, <laughs> they're, they're like running yeah. to the next. Yeah. <laughs> and I... Have I, you finished? We finished? Yeah, we're all done. Okay, I don't, I'm not a fan of the winners. I'm not a fan of the winners. <laughs> yeah. uh, a yeah. very racist woman won. Um, oh, holy yeah. did not know about that. That's not amazing at all. This is the problem with the Amazing Race. They can't produce it. Yeah, absolutely. So there's no way to like... Villains, stop them from the villains, villains can win. You have a rough final goal. Yeah, they yeah. Can yeah. Win it. absolutely. Mm. She's like, I, they go to Africa and she spends the whole time being like, wow, this place is disgusting and dirty. <laughs> like, and you're yeah. like, this woman sucks. Um, but yeah, it was a really interesting experience of like hardcore reality TV, like mm. which I had expected to be, you know, a bit trashy, which it was. Yeah. Um, and like, kind of, I don't know, like travel is. Travel is sometimes is boring thing? in my mind. No, no, I love travel, but travel like, is boring. I know, but like, I'm still with you, James. Yeah. yeah. So like, travel is like, I did it a lot with my family. It was like, oh, yeah, because you did like, it with your family. Yeah, I know. So I'm saying my perspective, look around. So okay. Speak my truth. Um, so my experience of travel is like, you know, you 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 go out on these kind of trips. Sometimes you're bored. Sometimes you have to run to a train. But basically, by and large, you're like. You know, you're, you're, you're seeing the sights. And I was, I had the privilege of traveling a lot so that I got kind of, um, it kind of became normalized to mm-hmm. me. Um, but the tense, like, um, experience of, like, trying to run to get a 
uh, like a, a plane in time trying to like try to you know communicate to someone that doesn't speak English uh, frantically like the taxi driver suddenly screwing you over like I, I was I was opened uh, my eyes were opened <laughs> to the stressful and very intense it's side very of travel mm. um, I yeah, just love how it's a just, game of logistics where yeah. there's just so much of it is like yeah haggling with different people at the airport to mm. make sure they're actually telling you the truth when they say this flight will come in first and yeah. they're not just selling what their airline I just, is saying yeah. I love That's when great. people like discovered the internet and they were like, we can look online for a flight <laughs> to go to the, f- you know, the, this was the, the exactly, season we yeah. watched was one that I remember watching as a child, which is why I was like, James, yeah. you should watch this season. It's great. Same. From like 2005. Mm. So yeah. like they did not really have, they did not have Skyscanner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they are really much calling American Airlines ahead mm. of the time and just being like, when do you fly out? When's the near, the closest time yeah. you get to Norway? And then sometimes they'll like think that's a great strategy, but actually it like screws them over mm. because the tickets went, well, only reserved and not actually booked. Yeah. Oh, and then it's all full Very up. stressful. Yeah, that's great. And then the bizarre challenges that they make you do that are kind of like um, uh, Fear Factor kind of inspired in terms of Some like of them. drink Some pig's of... blood or like yeah. consume. There's a bit where... That, I would excel in those challenges because a lot of people are grossed out by food. Yeah, <laughs> well, this is a thing. And I'm like... like we're good. Eat, there's a, eat, we're good. There's a yeah. section where they have to eat like this extremely spicy soup as like this this band plays next to them. Yeah. And an aggressive band playing like kind what? of like violin music very yeah. fast and like <laughs> gr- like grinning over at them like ha ha you have to keep eating. That's a last minute challenge idea. That's I don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs> we've got five minutes. <laughs> so because many people like vomit. three people what? on the table from music like, from vomiting. the spiciness of the soup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The su- you never said the super spicy. The I understand now. Spicy yeah. And yeah. The band okay. You know what always. Got me. I'm back yeah. And one of the guys, like, uh, Kendra, the, the winning couple, is like, oh, my God, look at all the vomit on the ground. And the guy looks at the vomit. That causes him <laughs> to vomit, but he vomits into his bowl. No! So then he has to he has eat, to eat his the bowl. Vomit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. He's like, no! Yeah. <laughs> um, the one that always got me frustrated when is when they had the shaving hair challenges oh. and you have to shave your hair. I'm just like, it'll grow it's back. It's so easy. That's yeah. a shave your hair. challenge. Yeah, what's the prize in Amazing Race? A million dollars. Okay, yeah, shave million your hair for a million dollars. Exactly, I'll let shave me for a million dollars. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I, would, I would do the skydiving for a million dollars. Yeah. I'm terrified I'd, of heights. I'd shave yeah. my hair for like le- much less yeah, than a million much. dollars. <laughs> like way less. Yeah. An embarrassingly awesome. small amount of money yeah. I would shave my head. Yeah. But you know, partner selection is key because that's a lot of stressful situations. Yeah, we were looking at it and I was like, oh, we think we do well on like like nine out of ten challenges. Sometimes when there's like a car that is like Generally breaking down. Generally when it's like car, like, and people have to, there's, a, there's a couple that can't drive, that one of the people can't drive manual. Yeah. And the other one can't drive at all, I think. Yeah. So they get into the manual car and she has to drive, but yeah. like she can't. And I'm like, that would be us. Like, yeah. I don't know how to drive a manual right. car. Like, no idea what to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> Max, have you been consuming anything? I actually have, and this is not recent. Um, so but my apologies go for, for that. Go for it. Geek out. about a show from 2005. Yeah. Well, I'm going I'm to do you one better. I've been watching the old Muppet movies. I've been oh, going yeah. way back. Yeah. Me and my partner, Minnie. Uh, Oof, we, so over Christmas, we watched uh, Muppet's Christmas Carol mm. and Muppet's Stretch Run, and I was like, oh, th- I love these. And then uh, we were like, let's watch the first Muppet movies because I'd never seen the first few. Yeah. Like, this is like the late 70s. Yeah. Um, so we watched the, the Muppet movie, which is the – original Muppet mm-hmm. movie, uh, The Great Muppet Caper and Muppets Take Manhattan. Mm. And I love that oh my movie. goodness, so much fun. So good to watch like the old school Muppets. It's still fun. It's still funny. It's still good, it's except for Muppets Take Manhattan, which yeah. is oh. garbage. It's, <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. so, it's oh so weird to watch because like the first Muppet movie is, is so fun because it's like made... 
uh, as like it's how the Muppets came together. It's how they got mm-hmm. to be right. um, the origin story. The origin story, basically, and it's Kermit and Fozzie Bear just like driving cross country, picking up other Muppets as they go cool. um, until they finally get to Hollywood. And like the way they they like break into the industry is they knock on the door of like the biggest agent in town and they're like, please, you got to let us uh, do this job and be you know entertainers. And then it, the chair turns around and it's bloody Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Orson Welles is like, get these guys the rich and famous contracts. They're gonna be big. If you can find um, clips of the old Muppet TV show, oh goodness, yeah, so good. Just I, like the yeah. variety show. Oh it's yeah, so funny. I, I so had good. the DVDs oh, when I was younger. Also, and I used to watch yeah. it over and over and over again. Yes. And um, what I what I love about the original Muppet movies, especially, I'd say, um, the Muppet movie and the Great Muppet Caper, is how much they love music. Mm. It's not like I see a lot of. Um, musical like content like children's uh, musical content where, where they think like oh it'll be funny if we just do a song because it's mm. funny when people do a song and yeah. so the song is filled with like you know like really silly over the top dynamics so that it's like well isn't this silly but with the Muppets it's it, there are jokes, sure, but it's just really good music. And they just know, we're just going to write some good music and just have the Muppets do some cool stuff, and that's going to be enough. The songs Miss Piggy and Kermit sing to each other are actually proper romantic, great oh. songs oh. that I'm listening to like over and over on Spotify right now. I love it. All right, yeah. quick round, who's our favorite Muppet? Ooh. Oh. Quick round, Piggy, for me. Easily. Oh, yeah. I feel like this figure <laughs> yeah. is like one of the top Muppets. Um, I feel like I always had a soft spot for Fozzie Bear. Fozzie's so, <laughs> so good. I always also like Gonzo for some Oh, my reason. God. I'm taking all the Muppets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you can have Gonzo. I took Piggy. Yeah, Piggy's great. I mean, I love Gonzo and Fozzie, is, is, has been said. Um, yeah. uh, 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 but, you know, what I love is Gonzo and Rizzo together. Yeah. yeah. When, especially yeah. in and, like, Christmas, yeah. Christmas Carol yeah. and Treasure yeah. Island. They're just <laughs> such great dynamics between the two. Although, have you seen, and I saw this in the cinema and it's one of the like the like quite bad Muppet movies is yep. like Muppets in Space. I, the I think the first story. one that yeah. I saw was Muppets I'm in Space. I'm not up to that. It seems uh, it's not I remember it being quite bad. It <laughs> seems like what it seems to look like with the Muppet movies is that they go one, two, bad. That's how they go. So the, <laughs> the first Muppet movie, great. Second Muppet movie, great. Third one, not directed by Jim Henson, was uh, mm. bad and no one liked it. Then Jim Henson dies and they don't make movies for a while. Then Jim Henson's son takes over and they make uh, Christmas Carol, great. Uh, Treasure Island, great. Um, then uh, Muppets in Space, space flop, no one likes it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. this is like the Star Trek. Yeah. Like, yeah. In the recent ones, it was the Muppet movie with Brett McKenzie's music. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, the, well, the second, second one. one. Oh, with Mar- Ricky Gervais? Yeah. The second uh, one was Ray like Ray Melissa Ray McCarthy. Oh, wait, no. No, no, you're, no, th- you know, you're thinking, thinking of the of, terrible, terrible yeah, one. The other one. That's the one not Muppets. Puppets, it's just yeah. puppets oh. be doing sexual things yeah, yeah, to each yeah. other. Because it's R-rated. Yeah. Yeah. No, the second one has Tina Fey, I think, as, yeah. as the villain. I haven't, I I so. I haven't seen that one who's, either. Who's your favorite, James? Uh, it's the bald eagle. I was, I, I was oh, Sam. Sam Eagle. I was thinking the entire time, I was like, James is Sam the Eagle. Well, yeah. Sam the Eagle. I mean, he is so... He's kind of hot. He's so fun like, and he's yeah. so earnest yeah. in Muppet yeah. Treasure Island. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, just an honorable um, guy. Statler and Waldorf. Yeah. Statler and Waldorf. Statler and Waldorf. I, I saw this great post that said that they're definitely a gay couple. Yeah. They're definitely together. Oh, yeah. And the, well, and the, would have appa- tickets in yeah. the box of the well, theater. There's, there's no heterosexual reason to have tickets. <laughs> well, apparently Waldorf has a wife. And that cracked me up because her name is Astoria. <laughs> and, and it's Statler and Drag. 
Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Stella Adre. Yeah, yeah. It's um, exactly just it's, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the Burton Ernie for the adult crowd. Yes. You know, it's yeah. like the Muppet version. Which is why in the old Muppet movies, Sesame Street characters have all these cameos. Mm. And it's oh. so, yeah. so much fun. Like that. when yeah. they're on the, when Kermit and Fozzie are on their way to LA to like make it big, they pass Big Bird, who's yeah. just like got a got a trunk, and they're like, hey, do you want to ride? And the Big Bird's like, no thanks, I'm going to New York City. <laughs> like, well, good luck with that, idiot. And then they leave, and it's like, well, go to Sesame Street. Yeah. And anyways, shout out to Kermit, the Michael Bluth of the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yes. He's still, he's yeah. making, he, he's the one, he's the glue. Exactly, that's what oh, I yeah. mean. You know, he's he, like, he's the one that's normal. He's forming the, the rainbow connection. I love Kermit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, and that song, a classic. Yeah. 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 yeah, I love Kermit so much. Um, it, and it feels like he can't be my favorite because he's just so. Kermit is like, yeah, it's like, if it's Harry Potter is your favorite character in Harry oh, Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no one's so favorite obvious. character. It's kind of hipster now, though. I feel like if you say Harry's your favorite, you're like, <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. okay. It's actually unusual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Act the cop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, is it time for us to move on to our Let's feature presentation? Let's do it. Let's do it. Feature presentation. So our feature presentation today was picked by you, Matt. Yes, it was. Uh, I feel like I picked it before your first episode, right? I think you Possibly. heard the premise yeah. of this. Yeah, I, Cass told me the premise of, the, <laughs> yeah. of, of your podcast. What, how many years? Is it uh, been, it's been one about and a half. 18 months. Yeah. 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 18 months, yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, I have a movie. <laughs> yeah. I have the one. I, I, and I have said, it's been on our list, and we kept being like, <laughs> we, we need to do some films that people know. And yeah. then when we've got, done a few that we know people know in a row, we can do the paper. <laughs> yeah. 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 We've built up our podcast now. We have so many listeners. I love that it's all been leading to this. We I am. We have our milestones. Yeah. At some point, we're going to cover Mrs. Palfrey at the Claremont. I know, that's been on the list since <laughs> the start. At some point. Yeah. Right moment fair, for it, yeah. Fair, fair. Um, so, yeah. uh, would you like paper. to tell us your history with the paper? Okay. Um, I prefer The Rock myself. Oh, that's, again, <laughs> solid joke. Yeah. Matt's on fire today. Uh, um, so, the paper um, is a movie that my parents show me. In my house, we watch a lot of movies together. We had, like, had tons of movies. Um, and the paper was one of them. And the reason... Um, it was so important to our family, I think, is because it depicts a newsroom. It, uh, well, a, a newspaper, um, basically. It's a, like a 24-hour sort of day in the life with this newspaper. And my mum worked uh, with the Dominion Post for about 30 years. So oh. b- back before it was the Dominion Post, it was the Evening Post, and mm. she was there for the whole time. And she always talks about how the movie is a really good like representation of what those rooms and newsrooms were actually like during the time um and i think what's really cool about it is um it's kind of an unintentional period piece because they were just like depicting like what it's actually like but no newsrooms are like that anymore yeah there's there's Mm. nothing like it because it's set in the early 90s so kind of the peak power of the newspaper absolutely yeah yeah. Yeah. they don't know what's coming with the internet and everything's going to be 24 hour news cycle also Mm. yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. Yeah. but um yeah so we used to watch it all the time. It's one of those movies where, you know... It's a family class. Family, every Friday night, what we do is like, we're going to watch a movie. What are we going to watch? But either, like, have rented a Rock, movie. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> we have a rented movie from uh, Video Easy or Civic mm. Video. Yeah. Throwback. Um, or would have, like, one of the movies that would go to and... Um, 
we had a whole bunch that we just kept going through and the paper was always one of them. So I've seen it a lot. I love awesome. it. Wow. Um, none had, of us I have had never heard of this one. Oh. But when I looked it up and I was like, ah, oh, this has got like a very big pedigreed cast. Yeah. And yeah. it's set in this, like, it's, you know, it's got this Directed kind of like. Directed by a friend. Yeah. <laughs> friend of the pod. Yeah. Ron. Um, and, uh, the second Ron and Glenn collab for <laughs> yeah. the pod. Uh, yes, the second Ron and Glenn collab, uh, collab. But I mean, I was, I felt like I was like, surely Matt might have seen this because it's got Glenn Close that. in it. Yeah. Yeah. generally yeah. such a follower of her work yeah mm. um but no i had never heard of this let alone seen it yeah, yeah. um no, i've i've heard not. of it but i have not seen it you know like it's mm. but i expected it to be you know fairly procedural like kind of like yeah. um you know spotlightish vibes yeah. but yeah. oh boy oh <laughs> we'll talk about <laughs> it we'll talk about it james how about you oh i'm the same nothing didn't know anything about it i was like the paper what's that mm. so uh yeah this has been great and yeah. now that matt has uh seen the film now he is going to summarize the film mm. uh, in summarize. one minute Mm-hmm. Um, Summarize for the summer. Yeah. Uh, I've got the timer down. and we're ready to go in three, two, one, go. Okay, so the paper tells um, the day in the life of the New York Sun, a local New York rag, not the best reputation. Michael Keaton is our main character um, and he is interviewing for a job with the Sentinel, like the New York Times kind of paper. But actually, his main thing is like trying to get this headline of the framed black boys. Um, and, and clear their name and get the, the correct story for the day. Um, Glenn Close is there. Her, she's like his antagonist. Oh, oh so uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Robert Duvall is their big boss. Um, Marisa Tomei is his wife and she's pregnant. And so many things happen through the day. Uh, the the air conditioner seconds. isn't working. Um... Oh, stuff. There's so many people in the office and they just like, like I've Randy Quaid is there and he can't find his car. I think <laughs> Does that happen. Yeah, you have so, this is like the premise. Yeah, I yeah. was like, how many, how many times have you done DVD. this? Like, well, you've been here for ages doing this podcast. <laughs> I am the best Matt, one of the three Matt, of us. Matt is, Matt is the worst. Matt is the premise. Oh. <laughs> well, but I think you did. A, a lot, a, a lot of events happen, yes. Um, and yes. so we'll talk through what some of those are. Yes. Um, There's just a lot. It's a we, soup. It's, yeah. So you, we, you mentioned uh, the, the black kids. Uh, we start the film with that. Uh, so yes. We, we come across this terrible story. crime scene where these two bankers have been shot in this car and mm. it's been tagged with like vague slurs against white people. Yeah. <laughs> like, a ghost. Whitey. Yeah, whitey's over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's got a very like Black's Rule vibe. And yeah. you saw that like guy that was like, oh, black people have definitely uh, tagged, tagged this. my house. Yeah. It wasn't myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so, so two teenagers walk past and are like, mm. uh oh, and then like get spotted by a person and we're like, mm. oh no, they're going to get framed for this crime. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, the part of the, the central, I guess, plot of it, there are a lot of B plots and C plots as well that we can talk about, mm. is Michael Keaton um, investigating and trying to prove that these boys have been framed as opposed to uh, Glenn Close wanting to run the headline, which says that they, let's uh, like, gotcha. Mm, um, yeah. And further and, and, and even then yeah. I think it's a little favourable to say Michael Keaton's investigating like this yeah. crime yeah. He's all the, he's doing is he's trying to make sure that their newspaper has like the exclusive the, yeah. and the right it's story it's more yeah. like they want to get more the craven. right story yeah. first yeah. as opposed yeah. to it's more craven the right than, yeah. it's like he doesn't want to get the wrong story and then the right story he wants to make sure yeah. they just get the right yes. story um, um, but yeah his wife Marisa Tomei is very pregnant but she uh, also helps out with the investigation because mm-hmm. she's an mm-hmm. ex-reporter from the um, same paper what's it called The Sun 
No, no. What's the guy <laughs> who Randy had Quaid. the gun? Randy Quaid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He just sh- like fires a gun he in the office people? at one point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's that goes unremarked upon. Really. <laughs> like that's all. Legit. That guy, I was that... wondering if he was going to be the killer because it's yeah. like yeah. Chekhov's gun. Like yeah. he's prepared to shoot no, people. Ma- I mean ma- that gun, the gun is very consequential. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, in unexpected ways. Yeah. He's also a reporter and he's in hiding from this guy played by Jason yeah. Alexander, who we encounter later. Yeah. Who uh, he wrote a story about how he didn't pay his parking fines. I think it's mm. basically. Like the whole film was this ensemble piece where like you've Everyone got all these characters have things that they go going on. So Randy Quaid is um, afraid. He's a columnist for this newspaper and he's been writing all these columns about the um, uh, head of parking or something. Yeah, uh, Sandusky. Sandusky, who um, keeps parking illegally and he keeps getting away with it. So, Sand- so um, Randy Quaid keeps writing these columns be like, look at this bureaucrat that yeah. doesn't have to follow rules like us. So Sandusky's getting like all this hate mail. Uh, Michael Keaton, he's... What is, I guess, uh, they say he's the lead Metro editor, but he's also basically like the manager of the office. I feel office. like he's mm. kind of third in charge. Like yes. Yeah. Being close. Close. yeah. And so like, he's trying to manage like this massive newspaper that is, um, it's not a massive newspaper, but there's just so many things going on. Mm. Um, while also he's looking at possibly getting a better job at a different newspaper. because he's got fancier A, a fancier yeah. job. Because he's got to support his wife, Marissa Tomei. With a fancier font on the letter. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he'd just be like yeah. pushing pencils and he finds yeah. it kind of smart there. Um, yeah, he doesn't want to do that. Um, Henry Duvall is uh, oh, yeah. uh, Robert Duvall. So Robert Duvall reconcile with his daughter. Yeah, he had like a. Yeah. He's, he's, he's also got a life in the He's got cancer. He's got like. He's gonna burn a hole in his ass. Yeah, he's got prostate cancer. He's got a prostate as big as a bagel. That's that's one of the lines. Size of a bagel. Yeah, he plays it. Yeah, he plays the gruff like it's a really really very gruff. Yeah, Glenn Close is I guess. Uh, assistant chief editor, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, she's trying to get a better job, but they yeah. won't give her a better job. Well, yeah. no, I'm she just sure. wants more money, more money basically, yeah. and because yeah. she's sort of living the fast life. She wants yeah. to, um, like, yeah, be show sure everybody she's friends with Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah she is. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bobby Ford. Yeah. I, I was hoping Robert would cameo. I, yeah, <laughs> I always love it when there's like, famous when? actors playing characters, but then they mention. They do, like, yeah. Yeah, how many other characters are there? I think well, we can we can go through them as we talk about the good stuff in the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, there there was there was a big giant fight over stopping the press at one point. Oh, we'll, t- we'll talk about it. There is yeah, a shooting we'll talk in a about bar. it. Yeah. There's a there lot that happens. There was two hospital encounters. <sighs> Look, working so in a paper drama. Yeah, you would never know. Yeah, and when you're working in a paper, there are also very attractive and beautiful people there. Yeah, uh, which brings us to uh, MVP. Hot butter, as it's casually known, but most visually <laughs> what? See, we went with MVP, but every but every time somebody brings up the original suggestion for a name, hot butter, hot butter, which, oh. which is sure just I'm like into. cooking, like what glistening butter, like not like butter? yeah. It's yeah. Like, to me, it was like melted butter on popcorn. You know, it's yeah. hot butter. Like it was, yeah, yeah. it's not like yeah. calling yeah. people. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't say hot butter. Anymore. I think it's just like a fun kind of like yeah. throwaway name. You for know, me, the, my MVP for this film, I feel like will probably be shared by others here mm. um, but clearly Marissa Tomei is mm. just beautiful yeah. she's like glowing in this film yeah. like obviously she's got the like pregnancy glowing look yeah. but also she's just like her face her facial features are so like delicate and angled yeah. and like I feel like the way she's dressed generally throughout is very flattering to her she's glowing um, just, mm. just looks great she's also got this great sort of vibe because like she's so she's eight and a half months pregnant yeah when this movie's going on and she's also like 
there's that, this one point in the movie where she's like, well, I'm going to deal with the story. I, I'm, I'm an ex-journalist. So I've got yeah. better context than anyone. And she just like marches out to like get all this information. Yeah. yeah. And she's got this great, like she's like walking through New York City on the phone being like, here's the scoop of what's going on. It's. I think they yeah. do a really good thing. I mean, we can talk about this yeah. in a bit, but I, with her character's storyline as well, that I mm. feel like I would not expect this film necessarily to do so much with mm. the pregnant wife character, which I feel totally. like is kind of a stock character. They do yeah. a lot more with her, which is great. Mm. She's got a hot personality. Yeah. She's very bubbly. She's like, her name is Martha, but she goes by Marty sometimes, oh, which it. I just love the Great name Marty for a girl. Yeah. So beautiful. Mm. She's, uh, you know, I, Marissa Tomei, always a contender for hot butter in every film. Yeah. It's kind of unfair to everyone. Yeah, I know. Italian-American yeah. princess. <laughs> oh, I love her. Yeah. She looks like Lady Gaga in this film. Yeah. Just, oh, actually, I see it. Just to shout out uh, another, I, it'll probably for me be Marissa Tomei as well, but uh, runner-up, like... Oh, I have a different one. Lead in, uh, 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 yeah, second uh, coming, uh, right hot on the heels. I think we were talking about Kermit before. Yeah. We get Catherine O'Hara um, in like a, in a beautiful, yeah. like, yeah, perfectly uh, formed like single scene where she like nails a wine it. mom yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where she's just like, your life is going to fucking change once you have kids. Yeah. <laughs> and, like keeps pouring the wine. Yeah, uh, just the perfect little cameo from what her. A great yeah. like, and so great that this film included that because like, yeah, yeah as you say. Like, to me, if anyone ever played Meryl Streep in anything, mm. it has to be Catherine O'Hara. Oh, young to see that. young Meryl, Saoirse Ronan, old Meryl, Catherine O'Hara. What oh, is their yeah. age difference? Like, are they? I don't know. About probably the same age, the same kind, kind of. of yeah, probably yeah. about ten years between them. I'd yeah, say. I feel like right. she's probably yeah. a bit younger. Mm. But, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. But my hot butter was also Marisa Tomei. But I think another good contender in the way that she was filmed and framed. Mm was Glenn. Not sure about the hairline. I don't know about Glenn's. I don't think Glenn looks her best. No, it shouldn't look her. <laughs> but something about her vibe, the hair flicks, and mm. like there the way the she... Le- she does sit in a chair yeah, it was, I, the best way. It was like, the, it's funny you bring up the way she sits in the chair because I love that time. Yeah. Every time <laughs> yeah. she sits down, she sits down, I'm like, fuck, that's cool. Like, and yeah, I, I don't know how to... I'm going to try to describe it right now yeah, for everyone here. For it, so it. it's like, a, imagine like this chair, it's like a computer chair, I think, with like mm. little shoulders, little arms. little arms there. So she sits down sideways, puts one leg over the arm puts another leg down and just like leans back and yeah. it looks so it's, it's such a power pose yeah. such yeah. a power it's, pose she's pissed off because Robert yeah. DeVille is yeah. like let me tell you a story and yeah. she's like really she does it while she's like being yeah. kind of told off a little bit yeah. and it's so fucking cool I think her vibe is hot because just just it's the vibe it, yeah. she doesn't yeah. necessarily look as hot as hot as she can be but um, the vibe is she vibe knows she knows she's a bad bitch yep. yeah um, there is a scene later on where she just like flicks a napkin after she spots someone like in, in the men's room and it was just like <laughs> so beautiful it's a bit where she's like I was thinking about how her foot lightly swings when she's on that chair yeah. Yeah. there's also a bit where she's thinking about changing the press from like gotcha to um, Michael Keaton's headline and her thumb is just kind of mm, working yeah. on her cheek while yeah. she's thinking everything's always like active and alive she knows she knows like so much about like how to act on camera it's mm. you can see it every time she's on, on, on screen she's like I'm in control yeah. you, you get she's to very film in control yeah. in control yeah. and actually do you know that she um, passed on the devil wears Prada 
that would have been an interesting oh, yeah because she was like I'm sick of playing all these that's like, true villainous women she but she would have been so much more iconic she would have been great I mean I no like I mean I know no, that's what I mean Meryl is not 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 in terms of in comparison with Meryl but in her career like oh. yeah. it would be like another iconic role for her yeah but I, know, I can I, definitely see that with Glenn Close being like I don't yeah. want to do that all the yeah, time absolutely. had she just done Corella Deville by that point this was before Corella because no, 101, 101 was 96. This is 94. No, no, we're talking about... Oh, sorry, no, we're, we're talking, talking about... about oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But she has done Fatal Attraction at this point? Yeah, she has done Fatal Attraction. Yeah. And because there was, like, some lines of, A little of like, bit, yeah. Yeah, fatal some, like, Fatal Attraction vibes, right? vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she was a bit more desperate in Fatal Attraction, I think. Yeah, yeah. And more... <laughs> What's her line? You're not gonna... Um, I, you're not gonna ignore me, ignore Dan. Me. not gonna ignore me, Dan. <laughs> so, okay, that was kind of like the Muppet. That was definitely... <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's Fuzzy Bear. Much about <laughs> Santa. It's James's impression. Oh, yeah. um, uh, did you have your own MVP? Uh, it's like, oh, f- hot butter? Is yeah, that yeah. what's yeah. going with this? I mean, like, oh, let's see. I love Robin in, in this movie. Robin. Robin! So Robin is, it's a small role. Robin is uh, a photographer who's very young, very green on the job. She's like just out of uni. She's just, just out like of uni. A, oh. And um, Michael Keaton <laughs> kind of uses her because um, they've got, the, mm. there's this plot point where they if they don't get the photo that they need to, to run a headline, they'll run a different headline. And so Michael Keaton picks her to go uh, take the photo because she's so young and so green because he thinks she and won't do a good job. Yeah. And also. that way he'll get more time to accomplish what he needs to get done. And you, you kind of fall in love with her as soon as you see her because he walks into like the photography room and he's like Robin and she's like looking at something on like on a desk and she gets up and she bangs the back of her head really hard against like some drawers that are just above her and like from there you're like oh Robin I hope you do well and like you watch her try to get this photo and she's like falling over people and like barely getting it yeah and and, um, then like it turns out she nails it and it's she's just so you just love it yeah Yeah. I'd also like to give a little bit of love it's he's not my MVP but like Michael Keaton is the like Kermit a, he's the Kermit he's a yeah. leading man and he yeah. can like yeah, hold he, it he, and I understand how he's attractive why Marissa Tomei would oh, be yeah. attracted to him yeah. because he's Batman the, yeah <laughs> and there's there's something Batman is historically hot yeah, there's something and of all the Batmans probably not the most attractive, I'd say, yeah, but yeah. you know, he's he's, he's got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's something really compelling about someone that knows how to do their job. You know really what well. I noticed yes. about Michael? This like watching this, he does big really naturally. Like yes. mm. I felt very organic instead of hammy. Like yeah. like people, what? Sorry? When people big. go big, like oh yeah, oh yeah. Choices. I think that's that's what people love. That's why he got cast. Yeah. So much. That's like if you watch, especially like his earlier films. Yeah, like he, he he's really good at like playing it like you know really sort of subtle for a bit, and he it's seems in every Michael Keaton film he's got this big moment where he's like well fuck you and fuck everything here and I'm just losing my mind yeah. like he even has that in the first Batman movie and people mm. talk about that mm. like, it's weird that Bruce Wayne out of nowhere goes <laughs> you wanna get nuts let's get nuts and it's like well that's this what is... Michael Keaton does it's weird though like I I still don't know why he was Batman like he's good enough, but I'm just like he's such um, he... it's cause Tim Burton was doing yeah, yeah yeah but to it, me he's yeah. just he just has yeah. such blue collar appeal instead of like Millionaire appeal to me. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I feel like he looks. I feel like he doesn't necessarily look blue collar yeah. in this film. I'm like, mm. you know, he's yeah, but like, like a, a, a relatable everyman appeal instead yeah. of like an everyman. Yeah, yeah, he's you know? got like got, the like, same appeal as Bruce Springsteen to me. I'm just well, like, kind yeah. of, yeah. Have, is it? Can I talk about like a moment in the film? Yes, is that like, yeah, okay. Like, like one of my favorite moments in the film, is, and I, I think about this all the time. Michael Keaton has all these great quotes that I love. He's got this one. Um, uh, where he says, um, so, sometimes you can just smell shitty day on the 
away, can't you? And it's like at the start of the film, it's like, yeah, no, shitty day's coming. Um, there's also a great line he says where um, his wife calls him, he picks up and he goes, I'm not late yet. And I, I relate to that so much. But my fa- one of my favourite things uh, he, he does in the film is when he's, uh, he's on the phone with someone and he's just like lost this big job opportunity and this person's told him to be like, uh, that's it, you'll, you'll never work with the great greatest newspaper in the world. Right. You're, you're going be, to gonna be terrible. You, you lost your chance to cover the world. And he's got this great line where like he, he starts sitting down and he tells like him. he works himself He up works himself. His, his line <laughs> yeah. is like, well, guess what? I don't live in the fucking world, okay? I mm. live in fucking New York City, so fuck you. And he's like building up. And as he talks, he stands up. Up, and then he turns the phone so that he makes the phone a person and he's just screaming at this phone like it's a person and I love that moment so much and, and I think yeah I think about that all the time and he puts it down and there's like yeah. a cool down period as well yeah, yeah. like it's not because this could because be it's the thing of like when it's the moment of like I feel a bit silly because I just yelled <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh god the consequences of that yeah like this could yeah. be quite a sensationalized film like the paper that they're writing and there are moments where it dips into that but mm. like by and large like we get like a rich like tapestry mm. of like uh, people and the, the office mm. yeah there everything is... is going on in that office all yeah, the time yeah. in a way that is really really compelling there's and this, believable there's this great I guess C or D plot where it's just these two like engineers <laughs> going around trying to fix the air conditioning throughout yeah. the entire movie yeah. you just keep passing you just it. see them and people yeah. keep passing being uh, like oh, are you nearly done they're like we're 20 seconds away and I, like, they never fix it I love that plot because right now it is really hot yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like who oh, where is the fan I also yeah. love there's <laughs> one guy who just keeps coming in to yell at Michael Keaton because he wants to get an orthopedic chair <laughs> and Michael Keaton will not okay it in the budget and so he comes in at one point in the middle of like other people all screaming at Michael yeah. Keaton and goes like I bought it I bought it and just like puts the receipt down the desk no. yeah. what I love and is that he's like a little he wheels the chair in and he's got like a do not touch sort of like yeah. sign on it for himself and it's like this is an ongoing cycle yeah. Yeah. swap it out for a stool it's not important <laughs> at all yeah. <laughs> it's so good my mum says like as, as she said because she worked in newspaper she said it's someone must have been on the team who worked in a newspaper because mm. she says it's exactly what it was like <laughs> like in terms of the pranks. egos yep. Yep. the um, the stress um, cause, and there are two big meetings that are shown in this movie it's the morning meeting where they discuss like possible stories that they're going to go for for the next day and then the afternoon meeting where they finalise what's going on and in those meetings like they depict in this movie people arguing about like no we're not doing that story we're doing this story yeah. that story you got there's like one like political uh, reporter who's like I tell you I'm sitting on Watergate over here and everyone like throws things at him and says shut up you never have Watergate <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly apparently what it was like. No, yeah. I, that authenticity mm. is really cool. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking of like the other like newspaper kind of movies out there that mm. like yeah lean one way or the other. There's like mm. all the president's men, which is like yeah, very like, kind of yeah just, like yeah. like the, a, a big like a huge movie to like introduce the newsroom, but like yeah. maybe slightly like. I don't know, romanticised a little bit. Oh, yeah, and you're only following, basically, there was two journalists. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, and, like, they're incredible kind of breakthroughs. You get Spotlight, mm. which is, like, I guess pretty accurate, but, like, yeah. also it's, like, trying to tug on the heartstrings quite a lot. It's it's the one it's, specific, yeah. I think JFK, for both of these, these, these things, I think there's something about this being a 24-hour film that mm. just is, like, we're doing this within mm. a specific, very, very short time frame, yeah. and we're going to mm. squeeze all of this drama into that one thing, and deadlines are such a huge part of it, because yeah. a lot of these other sort of <laughs> journalistic... part of it, of the <laughs> film. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, a lot of the other sort of journalistic films that I've seen are about, like, following one really one long story, story over Absolutely, the course of yeah. a period of time. So it's more about, like, how, how's that 
that story going. Oh, yeah. come to it, Chief. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's mm. not so much to do with, like, we have to find something to put on the front paper, yeah. the front page <laughs> yeah. of the paper, because that's how it works. It's more like yeah. the psyche of, like, you think of Russell Crowe in State of Play, and he's, like, getting increasingly bedraggled. Who might, my um, aunt who works in the New Zealand Herald was like, that is, like, the most unbelievable <laughs> amount of all of them. Yeah. You should have seen this, ask your, your aunt if she's seen this. Yeah, film. no, I've seen yeah. it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love just, yeah, it always feels like this office is like, you know, living and breathing and yeah. just like humming and like something even like inconsequential is going on in the background. Yeah. Like mm. someone is like do, on, on the photocopier, people react to jokes. Well, stuff there's the, like, there's the yeah. news uh, that uh, Michael Keaton's getting the Sentinel. Sentinel? Sentinel. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Sentinel, Sentinel job. job. Yeah. And uh, just this woman in the background like looks up and then tells her co-worker. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I love it. And so Michael Keaton goes up to his assistant and goes, can you just like keep all this stuff away from me because i got and a big thing I've got to deal with and his assistant's like, is this about the Sentinel job? And then you just see like, yeah, all these people yeah, in the yeah. back are like, so yeah, we the, know about that. The question <laughs> is, what happened, Ron? What happened with your filmmaking? I know. You're doing such a good job, Ron. It yeah. feels like it's a different <laughs> filmmaker. Yeah. yeah, this like super confident like tracking shots. The tracking shots, yeah. And, like, well, he, he makes a lot of choices, which are like you yeah. know some of them work, a lot of them work, I think. Yeah, and some are like I don't know, but he made those cho- those are swings, and I appreciate them. Yeah, there's there's something <laughs> like, really great if you especially this is a great movie to watch and rewatch because like you know there's a reason I keep watching it because I keep finding new things in it. All the extras stay the same, obviously, because course, yeah. it's it's one you know it's one day and they all work in the newspaper but you start noticing them in the background mm. like doing their job and you Absolutely, don't really yeah. notice that and like getting to these other disagreements with these other people and it's because it's not the main plot you're not going to follow them but they just they just keep it up and and they have these like little lines especially in that um in those meetings mm. where like they are all together like there's sort of yeah. like this constant this thing one like older woman who just wished we cut back to her and she's just saying sassy comedy she's yeah. like an old like, Jewish like, lady yeah love I love her. she's talking just, about like horrible oh. deaths all around the world but no one from New York was there yeah, yeah so they, they can't publish it there's no <laughs> of, yeah. of the day players I just I love all the women there's like this mm. one really chic you know Glenn Close understudy oh yeah in the, the red, beginning red in, the, in the red this is the most New York woman you've ever seen who's got this like sort of loose shirt and this yeah. long kind of curly hair yeah. who yeah. just and has this like New York accent yeah, like, yeah. like I want to cover Brooklyn yeah, yeah. she's yeah. Carmen right yeah, yeah. there's uh, the supporting mm. player I think her name is Janet who's just like she's just like over it she's like um, with, the, with the earrings oh, the, the black the earrings. lady yeah. just sort of like around, I'm not sure what her job is but yeah. she's around trying to just get people to stay in line yeah. like, yeah. she's trying to like manage everybody and you know my favorite supporting performance Coke <laughs> oh, there's a there's a lot of coke in it, like Coca Cola in this movie. The black version, not the not the white. Michael, Michael, totally behind the scenes. Ma- Michael Keaton doesn't drink coffee; he drinks coke. And there's like a coke vending machine throughout the entire movie. He's drinking like lots and lots of coke. coke. And I like, yes, I think like there's probably a sponsorship there, but also they talk shit about coke in this movie. <laughs> that's the thing. And, I was like, yeah. thinking about like, oh, that stuff will kill you. Yeah, the very like, the very beginning, <laughs> Michael Keaton know. is drinking a coke at, at his house with Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei goes, "Why don't you just pour battery acid down your throat?" Yeah. And he goes, "No." caffeine and like I, I think Miss Coke just knows that if you show a little bit of vulnerability it's, it's, the, yeah. it's like how and you get got, people to like you more you absolutely. can be self-deprecating yeah. Yeah. Like you've, you've yeah. got the protagonist of the film like and also you have, like, like literally the, the vending machine screams Coke yeah. 
Coke it is. Yeah. Coke it is. And also, I really wanted a Coke Matt the film. Ke- Matt kept saying, man, I could go for a Coke right now. Especially, <laughs> I could go for a Coke right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when they had like the glass and put the ice in oh, yeah. and then the poured the, the Coke. And now the Ooh, audience at home will also be wanting a delicious, yeah. sweet Honestly, drink of Coke. I am, I am <laughs> historically and iconically a Pepsi girl, but you know. And this is not the only soft yeah. drink that we get featured yes, as well. We also have some Minute Maid, yeah, which this, is uh, yeah. Coca-Cola Corporation owned, I believe. Mm-hmm. But Minute um, Maid, you know, Robert Duvall is, is dying. and yeah. It does not look as nice. <laughs> no. yeah. It yeah. is like standing there by the window, <laughs> yeah. getting warm because yeah. there's no air conditioning. Can we talk about Robert Duvall a bit more? Yeah, yeah. Let's, I feel let's. like he does a really strong performance. Oh, he's great. It's, yeah. like, it's a very committed performance. It's well, really the, like, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like that sort of tragic figure of like, oh, he's committed his whole life to work and he's mm. always been like, put his work first and yeah. now his family doesn't want anything to do with him yeah. um, and it's sort of yeah it's about like his sort of plot is about now yeah. he's had this cancer scare he's wanting to reconnect with his daughter but she doesn't really want anything to do with him and mm. it, it doesn't end up resolved which yeah. is I think a really strong choice I, yeah. I, I like, feel like another film would have been like oh and then like he knocks on the door and yeah. she's like hey dad, oh, hey, dad. Yeah. and like but, we're gonna give it to but here she's again. so clear with him like I made it clear I don't want to see you yeah, I, like, I, you I, weren't there in my childhood it, yeah. I see you now and, and he's I'm got this successful. this great line was like what do you hate me if you hate me there's no point and she goes I don't know you enough to hate you. Mm. And then, like, just that's the last thing she says to him. Yeah. And she, ne- she never talks to him again. Yeah. And um, yeah. I feel like, you know, like Robert Duvall is not a name I get excited about when yeah. I see him <laughs> in the cast. Yeah. But the performance felt really lived in. Mm. And I think another layer for me is like he started a network, which is maybe what, 20 years oh, before, yeah. as like a newsman. Yeah. And to me, I'm just like, this is just the character. And and yeah. Michael Keaton, spotlight, same guy. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I, we all thought when my family yeah. thought when that yeah. came out. It's like, this is just the sequel to the paper. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking about how Michael Keaton is great at going big Duval also has like quite big kind of like mm. choices here and there that mm. like just totally work it feels like like your dad just being like oh I, we gotta work together or whatever. <laughs> yeah. like, it feels lived in like it yeah, just feels totally. like also his coughing oh is like, oh ugly oh yeah. god but, it's but full body it, yeah. he was committed that is an actor <laughs> yeah with a capital a yeah. yeah um also you know in that movie with john ossoff rudy giuliani Perfect, Perfect casting. casting. Hope, there are some I, real Rudy looking I, moments. Yeah. I think Duval's a little too charming to play. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I think he could do it. He's played many a villain. He's played yeah. many a villain. Yeah. He's yeah. pretty old now. Though. He's very old. Like Rudy he's very in the old. final days of his life. Who cares? We don't give a shit about too. Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care if he looks glamorous. It's Rudy. There um, is probably going to be a big. Trump film and like I know. There was a Giuliani years. film though, wasn't it? And it was play, played played right. by right. what's his face? James Woods. James Woods. And that, oh, was, that was that was that was a, a, a loving yeah. film. Again, yeah. Randy Quaid, fuck you also. Oh yeah. yeah, it's so weird to see Randy Quaid playing basically Randy Quaid yeah. in this movie. Well, yeah, he's, he's he's a paranoid dude that'll fire a gun at a moment's notice. Yeah, like it's um, yeah. it's wild. It is a literal Chekhov's gun. We have yeah. like a, an actual one where the gun shows up and like it's gonna be used to shoot somebody before the end. Of and honestly, not my favorite part. Of this ensemble like, could have done without him. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, I don't know quite what this character does in the office. I feel like I had less. He's about, a columnist. They but, say so many times he's a columnist. Yes, but like he's not working. But he's not like working on a column. He's yeah. just there to help every, other kids. Everyone yeah. else is working. Like, he, 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 he doesn't he, have his he, own he, thing to do. He keeps saying that, like, you know, I got things to do. I got things to write. Like, you're just asleep. Why yeah. do you do your work? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I was expecting him to like betray Michael Keaton or something else. Like, so clearly villainous. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, what is his like? What is his thing how is it like resolved and mm. it's kind of 
you know, the storyline in terms of uh, like what he's investigating gets kind of resolved in quite a an extreme kind of way. Oh, I found a banana. Um, with like Randy Quaid, I find, yeah, like didn't totally work in terms of like shooting that gun. And then also like Jason Alexander, like shows up in this role trying mm. to do a Catherine O'Hara and just nailing a one scene performance. Yeah. I'm not sure if he does. <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel like he was okay. I it's didn't fine. Like what, 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 I, what, I love, what I love about this scene between um, Jason Alexander and uh, Randy Quaid is just so like um, Jason Alexander is the parking warden, Sandusky, and so Randy Quaid's been like going after him the entire movie. Mm-hmm. and Not the entire movie, but like in the history of what's been going on, it's writing all these columns. So Sandusky comes to beat the, try to fight him because he's at his, at his wit's end. And he wrestles a gun away from Randy Quaid and he like gets him against the ropes and says, just tell me why me? Why did you attack me? And Randy Quaid goes, you work for the city. It was your turn. And I've thought about that a lot with like some of the shitty city officials that we have in in this country when they come up and they get put on blast and they talk about, hey, my family's been attacked and uh, they, they, no one leaves me alone. It's like, well, you got onto public service and you yeah. did something shitty. So if you run for public office in yeah. a way, then like, oh, you can really have more of a, yeah. like, especially if it's, it especially if, if it's hypocritical. Also, yes. If you're also yeah. getting yeah. away from not paying parking tickets. Yeah. I, I guess should. for me with Jason is he's, he's said it himself is that he is so defined by his role in Seinfeld mm, yeah, that it is yeah. so hard to see him as anything yeah. else and yeah. it's been very difficult it, it's also It's also not a hot butter role, so I'm just like, <laughs> it's easy to overlook, you know? It's yeah. not like a Catherine, you know? Yeah. It's very... I, I did look very hot and, and sweaty, and yeah. that was very good. <laughs> I, I think he, he plays very well when he... So, like, he, he, he goes to scare Andy Quaid by sh- shooting around him, but he accidentally hits Glenn Close. And, <gasps> I did um, like yes. that surprise. And that was... I, the way he plays his shock at what he's done, I... I've always thought like that feels very true, yeah. and to come from such a comedic actor, be like, "Well, yeah. you're playing." I this think he also, has a pretty good performance, but I feel isn't like, he yeah, also a musical con- theater actor? He has Jason? done musical theater as yes. well. He started yeah. out uh, merrily we roll along, merrily we roll along as, oh. as a youth, as yeah. one of the OG cast. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's less his performance and more just because he has this yeah. huge like role that has defined like a career defining yeah. role. It's yeah. really hard to not see him in that kind of mode. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not really something that he can control, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I was wanted to talk a little bit more about the uh, pre- the pregnancy storyline. Yes, um, yes. Which, yeah, I, I feel like I've seen a lot of films about like man who works long hours and like then there's pregnant wife. Oh, Marissa like, could have easily been nothing, yeah. a nothing worried. role. Yeah, yeah. So I think like they've done. I feel like they were both conscious of that, like not falling into that kind of stereotypical role, and also just were interested in exploring things from her perspective, which I think doesn't yeah, come up Yeah, which is great. Much. Mm. Um, and Marissa so yeah. does the work. She's mm. she works hard. She's great. But yeah. Like, I love yeah, so we get the sense both of like her being a previous reporter who still really loves journalism, really mm. loves finding a story and mm. helping out, but is just physically, you know, eight and a half months pregnant, not really quite able to do it mm. anymore, mm. Um, and wanting to get be like, oh, I'm going to get back out there after I have the kid. And then mm-hmm. this, yeah, the story, the, the little scene with Catherine O'Hara where her friend's like, oh, please, like you're going to get stuck with a kid. You're not yeah. going to get back. Like I did said that seven years ago and I'm still not working. Mm. Um, and I think it's, yeah, you get the sense of her total like fear of like, this is what's going to happen. And mm. like here, my whole life is going to just slip down the toilet. Mm. Um, and like, I just, yeah, am kind of struggling with my own sort of loss of self, which, um, yeah, I think you don't really get that perspective. Well, yeah, absolutely. While, that- yeah. Cause she's also still like, clearly like, you know, she's happy about her marriage and she's happy mm. about having mm. a baby, but it's yeah. like that moment of like, the fear. Yeah, ah, absolutely. Like, I don't and want that- this to be my whole life. 
Yeah, mm. and that dread that the Michael Keaton is called Hackett is his last name. What's yep. his first Henry name? Hackett. Henry. Yeah. Henry. 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 Hackett. Oh, yeah, that's, a, <laughs> yeah. that's a good name, right? You're a writer and you do write yeah. a name. Like, this, Hackett. This is a character name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that Henry isn't gonna like be there, but because mm. he's so much about his his kind of job that. He's... And he keeps demonstrating throughout the movie that he's not there. I know. For yeah. Her, which I I really like. There's like once like when the climax kind of comes together of like he keeps leaving. She says. Like she gives him a hypothetical that's like, what if a gunman came in and said, "I'm going to kill your wife or I'm going to blow up the newspaper"? Which would you choose? And he's like, "That's fucking never going to happen." And she's like, "I know, that's not the problem. It's all little vague little decisions we all make." All the other yeah. times yeah, we prioritize all, other things. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of the theme of the movie in yeah. a lot of ways because they with Duval as well. He also like explicitly says, "Yeah, like." Almost out of nowhere, this thesis of like, so like, you got 99% of your life needs to go for three things your house, your family, and your work. And uh, you don't have enough time for all of them. And your family, you feel like they're people, so they'll give you some leeway, so you end up shitting all over them. And like, mm. yeah. it's, always, it's always too explicit yeah. <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. I think it's one thing that this film does very well is kind of, it gives you people to empathize with. Like everybody, you mm. can sort of see their perspective and you want mm. them to succeed. And yeah. despite the fact they all have different goals. Yeah. So, like in that scene where it's Glenn Close and uh, uh, Michael Keaton fighting over the stop button, yeah. we're like, yes, we want Michael Keaton to succeed and stop the press because he might save these these poor innocent boys from mm. getting like yeah arrested for this crime they didn't commit. But mm. also we understand like Glenn Close's like frustration. Yeah. And everybody else hates her at the office. She's yeah. kind of always left out there like a boys' club without her. Yeah. She's just kind of being told like you know, this is as far as you can get in your career and she's yeah. pissed off and she's just wanting to, like, say, like, stop somebody who's usurping her come from under. Mm. Like, at the same time, like, we know that, like, Robin getting the photo is going to fuck up Michael Keaton's <laughs> yeah. thing, but we also, like, go, Robin, get yeah, the photo! absolutely. And, like, yeah. we want Michael Keaton to go to the, and, and get the story, but we also mm. want him to stay it's and have dinner with his family like, because, yeah, like, we want Maria to, we want because Marty this, yeah. to, yeah, like, have, have the, um... Yeah, dinner that she wanted. I love it. It's like, nah. Um, Another thing I want to point out about the storyline is that she absolutely gives it to, like, Henry as well. Like, she gives it, and they have great chemistry. By the way, oh yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, they're a very believable couple. Yeah, despite absolutely. The fact that I feel like there is like definitely an age gap. Oh, there, there, there but, is. Like, I feel yeah. like unlike yeah. last last uh, weeks <laughs> discussion. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, the the age gap doesn't really come up. Well, they feel like equals and they feel like a um couple that makes sense. Mm. And also, to me, I'm like. Give Marty a spinoff. I just want a pregnant <laughs> lady investigating yes. crimes. Oh, also, yeah. we don't have nearly enough Marisa Tomei lead roles, and I can't think of one off the top of my head. Just the wrestler, but she's not. She's the not the lead. She's, she's not always the wrestler. Sorry, yeah, no, she's, not she's not the titular role. <laughs> yeah. It's not called the stripper. The, the, okay? the, the only film I can think of is my cousin Vinny, but like she's she's not Vinny. She's yeah. not Vinny, and she's great yeah. in that film. Oh, she is so good. You were talking film. around like, maybe the love guru. You're talking around. We don't talk about that film. Is she in the love guru? Yeah. What? Oh. Did you just name drop the love guru? She's also not yeah. the love guru. Oh, that's the guru. <laughs> <laughs> one of those films. Okay. So not the one with uh, Mike Myers. The one with Justin Timberlake. Not that that one. The okay. guru. Okay. I think. Okay. What? Cool. It's kind of similar. Uh, <laughs> Is this one of those ones like Friends with Benefits where they put two films out? No, no, no. This this, this was name. made way before I mean, the love I, guru. I will say, like Marissa Tomei, it, like uh, though it would be cool to see her as, as a leading role. She always nails oh, it as a supporting it. character. Absolutely. And and there are some actors out there who like they do really good at, at supporting roles and not so great in leading roles. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's but fine. But it would be cool to like see. Like, her get I would, to I would love to see what she would do. Like it's always good to see someone like Octavia Spencer lead a film. Oh yeah. Because that's always like she's always a supporting character. 
Ma. Ma. Yeah. I love Ma. Um, you were talking around like family and making commitments and, and like needing to like be there. Like another like running theme throughout this is like this theme of of deadlines. How mm. everyone has a deadline mm. and like constantly throughout it, we're seeing the deadlines extended and extended. Mm. There's always gonna be like another deadline yeah. and like. One thing that I, I really liked at the end of the film that was nice and subtle is like Marissa Tomei like gives birth and then uh, and, and then when she's at the bed, Michael Keaton comes in. She's like, "Wow, you did it! Look at that!" Mm-hmm. And like his story is 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 what he wanted to be printed. Mm. And he like looks at it for a moment and then he just like chucks it down because it's, it's like not yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not really his alarm goes yeah. off and he gets up and then he gets back into bed because he's, he's, he's decided. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like he's his and, priorities I, have changed. Okay, and, what, and like it is a, what, it is the kid's name. I want to know. I don't know what the kid's name. They didn't say. They didn't say. Paper. It's it's called sun. And it's a small thing. Like I've I've thought about like you know he gets up and gets back into bed. I'm like it's a very small way to show that he's and like this might not be like you know he might not keep this up, but because it's they've only got 24 hours and like this is the only thing they can really show us. I think it kind of works. Um, yeah. I think it's worth talking about uh, the teenagers in this movie because yeah. it's yeah. absolutely it's yeah. kind of, it's it, it's still relevant. It's still for sure. Yeah. So um the, so as we said, the movie starts with these um two uh, black teenagers. I think they just finished work at a diner and mm. and they're just like walking home. Or yeah. yeah, they're walking yeah. home. They find this murder scene. They they escape. And as the movie goes on, as the day goes, um they first. Every other newspaper um, publishes um, that there was a murder the night before, except for the Sun, which is one of the they yeah, they screw that's up. That's kind of the big impetus mm. for why they have to get a really good story. Yeah, because they screwed up last time. Um, yeah. And you, you, we keep seeing the, these kids. They in the morning they're like they they read the newspaper. They're like, "Are we going to be in trouble? Do you think we're going to be okay?" And they don't know. Then they get arrested. Mm. And um, one of the big moments is when uh, the Michael Keaton and Randy Quaid they track down one of the police officers because um, they need a quote to prove that um, these kids. Uh, Phonally arrested because they heard on the police transponder that the cops themselves are a little like, why are we doing this? This, these, we don't have yeah, anything on yeah. these kids. They track down um, um, the police officer and they get him to talk and get a quote where they say basically they didn't do it. This is just cosmetic. We have nothing on them, but we just need to um, show that we can, you know, do our jobs so that people mm. keep coming to New York City and keep paying, you yeah. know, all this sort we of stuff. Don't want people to be scared to walk the streets. Yeah, in New York, basically. and you know, and then you know, six months later we'll release them because we've got fucking nothing on them, and you'll bury it on page twenty-three, and it's just like it's so like this still happens. Like they're still mm. fucking doing this. Um, and it's one of the, my little, I, I'd say one of my more criticisms of the movies that we don't spend enough time with the, yeah, um, the black teenagers. And seeing um, yeah. what they're going through. Yeah, we, we see them. The last time, the last time we see them is they go into lockup. That's the yeah. last time. We yeah. hear later that they got released. They got released. And but it would fine. be good to have. I feel like, Chicken. I feel yeah. like I'm like, I understand why they're like, okay, we're prioritizing. This is a story about this newspaper room. And yeah. so these guys are kind of not like the main priority of the story, but it would yeah. be good to have the shot of yeah. like, these guys got out of jail. So Absolutely. we can see physically, like this is the result of what all of this effort has gone yeah. to and mm. journalistic truth. Mm. This is why you're trying to write journalistic, you know, yeah. good journalism stories. And that's, <laughs> and that's not, yeah. and like, as I said before, like that's like, it's not a noble thing that they're doing. Yeah. Like they're just trying to like win basically. Yeah. And it just happens to be that they're going to save these teenagers. Yeah. If it was the other way around yeah. and they were actually, they're trying to condemn these teenagers, they will be going that far. Like mm-hmm. that's what it feels like yeah. with, this, with this movie. That's one of my more criticisms of the movie, mm. um, which feels more like they don't have enough time. And and I think it's, yeah, it's like what's one movie where you got to put your focus on a particular group of characters. Yes. Um, yeah. Cause I, I, I would say like, as well, there are some characters that do kind of get the short shrift. Like we were talking about 
Randy Quaid, we don't quite know exactly what that kind of character is. We don't need it. We don't cut yeah. that. And like Glenn, in terms of like her like full kind of life, yeah. like we were recapping like what each character kind of wants, and we like paused for a little bit with Glenn of like, oh, what does she want? Oh, yeah, right. I guess she wants to be rich and famous and like yeah. known, but like that's, that's that's not a huge part of the film. And we'll she's such a cool it. Let's player. talk about it. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it can it can come through a little bit more on the rewatch, as I, as right. I said. So like you see her. Um, she's uh, so she's married to someone named Bruno. You never see Bruno, but you do see her cheat on him with another journalist mm-hmm. there. And you, she talks more about how like she needs money because she's got these renovations going on. She's she's trying to live this big sort of life. Very, um, yeah, um, yeah. And she, kind of they talk about how she's been taken off. She used to run features, and she got taken more into this administrative role. And she used to love working in features where she was like in the pit with the actual reporters mm. and actually doing that. Mm. Since moving into this more administrative position people hate her basically because she's the one that has to tell them no you're fired she says at the start like she had to fire someone because of something henry did henry Mm -hmm. like didn't listen to her and said i'm not going to make a journalist do this and so she's like well do you think i like firing people i had to fire that person because you Mm -hmm. didn't get them to do the thing i told you to do um we are we are told a lot about her stuff i just would have liked maybe one scene where like that and then like like what her life used to be like and oh yeah i feel like the one like the the one scene where she is telling that to randy quaid like she Mm. has that sort of bit where she's like you guys think that i don't know that all of you go out to have drinks without me Mm. um i feel like that's for me the moment where i'm like i understand her character's motivation when it comes from her as opposed to just sort of talking about it about her exactly the way she was written for me i was like okay i don't know her Mm. but you know glenn brings it every time every time well she brings she, it with her fisticuffs yeah she gets into a fight with michael keaton she fights batman yeah. <laughs> there's also like the fact she's wearing rings on that hand oh, yeah and i'm like that'd be so painful to yeah. get punched there, by look, a diamond ring the fight scenes in this which there are surprisingly there are surprisingly like multiple, multiple fight, multiple fight yeah. scenes are re- i think are really good yeah because like they're awkward because they're by people that are not good at fighting. they're not good at fighting watching not good at people, but they're not good so at messy like because michael keaton and glenn close get into this fight because they're trying to yeah. what, Michael wants to stop the presses to change the plates so they can do a new story. Mm. Glinko is trying to stop him. Well, um, she punches him. She punches yeah. him, and like he, like the way he falls and yeah. hits his head into like a cabinet, well, and he starts bleeding, and then she like goes to kick him and then slips up and like yeah, falls on, on her back comedic. it's and so it good and but you also can, you yeah. see the hesitation on his part as well I was like how far do I fight yeah. this and woman also, yeah. I know that there like, are all these spectators around who were just like what are they uh, fighting yeah Randy someone Quaid, should stop this. Randy Quaid that's my favourite line Randy Quaid says when like it's kind of like it's silent except the hum of the machines as they're fighting and then Randy Quaid just like at the moment where like they're falling down and goes someone should stop this and like no one does <laughs> and I like that it's a Pyrrhic victory at the end it's just like empty where he like uh, Glenn like he like knocks her accidentally in like quite a like rough way she like falls back and then he like realises he can stop it and he does and then it's like you're fucking fired get yeah, out yeah. and then yeah. she just starts it up again <laughs> yeah like so yeah. there's like you know, absolutely no reason for that fight scene to cheat nothing yeah. and I, I love you were saying before like yeah Keaton's whole drive to do this is to be the best is to be mm. the winner like yeah. if he had been more of an earnest like no we gotta tell the truth yeah um, yeah I think it would have like yeah. um, I feel like that's not motivated, motivated for him but I think the main motivator mm. and I think that's what's interesting is that it's not like 
like you can say this guy specifically is just like he cares about the truth and only wants mm. to like save the day mm. but you also can't say specifically that this guy only cares about the competition and being first and trying yeah. everybody else like I feel like both of those things are driving and that matches that. with the star power of Keaton so yeah. much mm. where he, we like we kind of like quite like him but we can tell he's a bit like odd and a bit of a maybe a scumbag mm. and stuff mm. yeah that he's mm. that there are different sort of unchecked elements of his personality that he has this ego and like mm. he has this the casting to take is too far really and, good yeah, yeah. because like you cast Glenn Close in that role she doesn't have to do a lot you're like oh I can see why they don't like her yeah. <laughs> fatal attraction Which, fatal like, attraction again yeah. I'll rewatch because you know, I've yeah. seen this movie so many times what I love when you first see Glenn Close it's right before like she comes in the scene is Marissa Tomei is on the phone with Michael Keaton and they just have this little talk and he goes alright Alicia's coming Glenn Close is coming I-, I gotta go and then Marissa Tomei goes don't take any shit from her and then like, yeah. the last, she goes Alicia Clark, give me a break. And then, like, there's a ding, the elevator door's open, and you see Glenn Close in, like, a power stance. And it's yeah. like, oh, this is the antagonist. <laughs> yeah. But then she takes the security guard who's been beaten up by the people outside and goes, hey, can we get some help for this guy? Like, he's really hurt. <laughs> oh. And there's this great, like, you know, like, mm. um, uh, it's complete inverse of what we've been told this entire movie up to her interest yeah. that she's this cold person that's really mean. The yeah. first thing she does is care for someone. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of a that's, part of the that's film. That's really cool, yeah. Is that well, they're trying to do, give us contrasting examples of that, people. That just reminds me of Marissa's line of like, you know, greet everyone except for Alicia. <laughs> Who else do I hate? Who else do I hate? <laughs> <laughs> um, no one can stare daggers like Glenn Close. Yeah, like, yeah. it's true. She will murder you yeah. just with a look. Um... <laughs> I just want to say that I hate the name Alicia for her. She doesn't feel like an Alicia. Alicia, What what name would you give her? I don't know, like... Karen. Not Karen. Oh, that's loaded now. (laughs) I'd be like... Veronica. Veronica. Oh, you know, interesting. I can see that. I was yeah. heading more towards like a Philippa. So like Philippa. you could call it Phil. And yeah. it's, well, I, yeah. it's weird because like the Wrong. first name that, yeah. the first name that came into my head was Sandrine and that is not the right one. <laughs> Sandrine. <laughs> yeah. Sandrine a name? Yeah. Like, it is. Like, it's a French name. Um, another reason I love this film and I, I feel there's a lot of parallels um, personally and I think we might all relate to this like working in theater working in the arts there's because it, it, their whole thing is that we're trying to make this newspaper for tomorrow so much of it it's like oh that's the producer these are the actors the, yeah. like yeah. The, that's the writer there and the stress the of director, like yeah. yeah and like and the vibe of like we got to do this because it's important and at some point it's like no it's not it's not this important though like <laughs> yeah. the amount of you shit can we put like ourselves see through your family yes yeah actually you know yeah. yeah, and I think there's a very, very similarity, particularly with theatre as opposed to other art forms, in that both theatre and newspapers have this thing where you work so hard to create a particular thing, and then it is done at the end of the yeah. day, like at the end of the season. It's like yeah. goodbye, that's yeah. finished now. Du- Duval has that great line yeah. where it's like, you know, we, yeah, I've been doing this for like thirty years, and every day starting from square one, and yeah. like that's so true. Like, it's, like especially in the arts, especially in theatre. Even if you've written the bloody script before, you put that on, you've got to do everything all over again. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <sighs> um, do we have any final thoughts before we move on to Bag and Biff? I don't think so. I'm just kind of, I'm appreciating now with the Duval kind of subplot that it really is tied in with family, obviously, as mm. well. I didn't make mm. that connection until now. But I think what, it really is mm. trying to get the sense of, like, this is where you could end up if yeah. you keep doing what you're doing. Mm. Like, yeah. even though, like, you're good at your job and, like, your job is, like, a pretty important job, like, mm. there are other things in life as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, Duval is Keaton. 
20 yeah. years from now if yeah. Keaton is on the path that he's on. Yeah. Um, and Ke- and Duval's got that great line where he goes, the problem with you know being this old is everyone thinks you're a father figure when really you're the same arsehole you've always been. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just love the constant, like motif of time and even like it's just oh, yeah. took t- took it to comical levels with the doctors like looking at the clock and just like <laughs> yeah there's a match the there's yeah. a match yeah it's just so we on, guys. quite explained as well yeah. it was like the, so Marisa Tomei's character ends up uh, getting rushed to hospital at the mm. end she's had some sort of hemorrhage or something um, mm. which is a complication in her pregnancy so they've sort of taken her um, to the hospital and she has to get an emergency cesarean um, mm. so mm. there's this yeah this scene where the doctors are trying to put her under um, mm. but they have to wait till she passes out before yeah. they can start and the guy's yeah. like, on oh, my word, on cut. Yeah. So I'll say that once she's it's fully like, Do you have gone enough time? Yeah. <laughs> and we're cross-cutting to yeah. Glenn Close, who's much more comedically has been leg. shot in the leg and is going like, I need a phone. Because like, she, she wants to the put the right story stop on. This, stop the press. Yeah. Like, stop the presses. Yeah. yeah. I'm not I, I'm not sure if this is like a full-on banana. Maybe it's a half-chewed banana. Yeah. I don't know if I needed... Half-chewed? Yeah. I'm just now realising what you say when you say banana now. I didn't yeah. realise it what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. James is the biggest proprietor. Yeah, of when really when you said, I have a banana, I was like, all right. <laughs> Go off. Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> but... um. There maybe was one too many like action like fight sequences for me. I don't okay. know. Like, I think full it, on needed. I think it definitely mm-hmm. skewed the tone like, a little bit. I was, yeah, I was full there, uh, fully there with like Michael Keaton and Glenn Close because it was like, oh my god, this is so different from the rest of the film. But mm-hmm. then we had the Jason Alexander and Randy Quaid kind yeah. of scuffle. Yeah, and then you have Randy Quaid cracking jokes like yeah. at the wrong times. Like yeah. someone's just been shot. But like come down. He also like everybody's like he's holding the gun and all of the people in the bar are like cowering and then like Randy Quaid like does a joke and all the like people I love that because because <laughs> the joke is uh, it, um, he, uh, so Sandusky Jason Alexander goes you made my wife cry when she reads the paper then Randy Quaid goes well, at least she bought one and like the cra- the people in the bar laugh because they are all working <laughs> at the sun like they all work at the same <laughs> newspaper and like, it kind of feels real to me like there's this tension <gasps> but also like you're also just realized something what it's completely stupid he works at the sun he just had a son I thought you were making that pun before. No, I was the name of the paper. Yeah. Okay. No, but uh, I thought his son's name was Sun. I. But even with that banana, I'd say that like the choices are so strongly made Mm -hmm. that you're like. Whoa, we're just fully going here, are we? Do you like, remember that one scene with the parents when they yeah. went yeah. to dinner and everything slowed down and it was like <laughs> that warp? That probably is a banana for me. I feel like there is one bit of stylized filmmaking which is all the I stress and pressure. Just felt like a convention that had not been introduced at any point yeah. and did not come back. It gets which, really, it gets really tense. Yeah. And everything around him slows down. Basically, they get like synthy voices. It's the point voices. where like Michael Keaton wants to go out and, and keep doing the story, but he's gone to have dinner as yeah. he pro- as he promised with his wife and his parents. Yeah. And then it's like them going, what do you want? Yeah. I, I, I relate to that moment so hard. Sorry, James, I know you got something to say, but I just want to say like that moment of like going to dinner and telling someone, pick me up in 10 minutes, I'm going to this dinner, but you're going to take me away. I've been there so many times where like, yeah, I'm going to go to this dinner thing, but then I'm going back to work straight afterwards. Totally. Yeah. And like, I think the the film warping, like like the, the lens changing yeah. is fine. It's the synth for me. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed it. It served camp. Yeah. I was like, I what like is it this? Ca- it I felt lo- for me like that part was from a different film yeah. to yeah. me. Yeah. Didn't feel yeah. cohesive within the Yeah, it was a bit more like Birdman. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like. And that's when like Randy Newman's music is quite over the top. And yeah, yeah. he's got this triangle out of nowhere that just starts going <laughs> really ringing. I, I didn't actually clock the Randy 
of it all. It's Which very I, subtle. It's not. Yeah. There's not a lot of music in it. It's yeah, not okay. it comes yeah. in every so often. I was listening yeah. for that. Definitely you the songs. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Like Randy's voice doesn't come until the credits. No, <laughs> yeah. So Randy Newman did the music for this, and like, there's some, there's some good stuff in it. But I mean, again, it's, y- it's you also wouldn't hear it because. Toy Story hadn't been released, James. Nailed it. Oh, good yeah. one. Thanks for Another solid Maxwell. joke from Matt <laughs> no. here. Maxwell's making a point. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Like, the, mu- the music is very subtle in this movie. Um, Randy Newman basically comes in to just give us uh, these, this one lame motif. He keeps throwing uh, back in. Um, I can only hear You've Got a Friend in Me Now. But there's like one thing that comes in, and it's the family theme. Mm. And uh, Duval has it, Keaton has it, uh, Marissa Tomei has it. And that seems to be the only thing Randy Newman's interested in making music for. And yeah. Reminding us like what's important. Right. The theme, um, yeah, yeah. The, the family theme. Yeah, and that's something that. I think that's that's kind of interesting about it is Randy Newman. Like the music is just there for like those um, when when the characters start going on the line of like we're about to do something important. That's good, and I know that's classic film scoring, but like during the big arguments, um, the the scenes where they're doing the bullshit, like there's mm. nothing there. So like mm. the music is just sort of this key into like you're on your way to like happiness if you keep doing this if you right. don't though you turn away you're in trouble I love it I mean we barely talk about film scores here so it's like great that we can like we talk about music when it's yeah. much more overt right yeah yeah and I feel yeah. like yeah the fact that this didn't stick out too much as like there is some omnipresent bad music mm. I think yeah. it's kind of doing the right yeah. job because yeah. it's like it's not a film that's trying Seasoning. to really yeah. like yeah. Pay, uh, you know call attention to the musical score yeah um, so the fact that it kind of passed by unremarked upon by most of us I think except for like when she was giving giving birth I think it was like well, on a not giving birth maybe on on the ground uh, realizing that uh, she was hemorrhaging it was yeah. like it could turn hard but other than that um, <laughs> 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 A yeah. radio DJ. <laughs> and without further ado, should we get to Bag oh. or Biff? What, what is that? What? Oh, so <laughs> basically, at the end of it, we decide if this mixed bag mm. is worthy of bagging, keeping, or biffing, oh, chucking away. I'm going to go last and hear what you're going to last. say. I feel like this is not yeah. going to be a particularly hard one, though. Yeah, um, do you so. want to go first, James? We'll go around the circle. Yeah. 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 Way, yeah. So. Uh, this film, I again like the Amazing Race. I thought it might be a little boring. I thought it could be a little procedural, like incredible cast. We didn't mention Jason Robards. He doesn't have like a huge kind of oh, impact. Yeah. But like, oh, Jason Robards, all the president's men. Oh, mm. that little connection. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's stacked, and uh, and everyone. It's really well cast. It's basically long story short. I loved it. I was so amazed at how good this is, and this is like a true like undiscovered or little discovered gem so mm. like absolutely mm. seek it out um it's like yeah really thrilling i always find the newsroom is like uh, you're like oh is, is a good story going to be here but it's like no people really good at their jobs just like working hard to a deadline mm. and realizing maybe that isn't the most important thing man i'm here for it bag <laughs> awesome um yeah this one's definitely also a bag from me um i really enjoyed it i felt like yeah it was just it made a lot of choices that i think were more interesting and more subtle and more nuanced than other films in a similar type of sphere have made and i think for those reasons and the, the fact that that they were able to, yeah, have our sympathies kind of mixed with all these different characters and show this great mm. ensemble. Like, it's a really good example of world building outside mm. of, like, a, mm. like, you know, fantastical world context. Like, I think mm. when people say world building, they think, like, ah, Middle Earth. Mm. Like, yeah. But, like, this is a great example of how do you build a world that's within the, the world of this film? Like, what mm. is the world of this particular newsroom? And they do that so well by, like, yeah, e- e- all of these background characters, the people fixing the air con, the sort of sense <laughs> of, like, the extras having a job to do and having a sort of story to be told 
of like there's a sense that if you talk to any of these characters if you met any of these characters the main character of the film it would be just as interesting a film mm. Mm. Um, and I think that's yeah very skillfully written I'm not sure who the writers were on this um, mm. to do that but also yeah such a great ensemble cast um, and, and good job Ron on the direction <laughs> great job say, boy yeah. Um, yeah so this is definitely a bag for me three points one it's very entertaining <laughs> like, I did not expect to be this entertained by the paper the least threatening of the three say, rock paper scissors <laughs> options I have to say I feel like this film would be more of a classic that had a better name because it has a terrible name <laughs> yeah. like yeah. the paper yeah. is not a good name no. <laughs> two I was just about to um, praise our boy Ron what happened Ron what, what have you been why, up to why are your pictures so boring now <laughs> yeah. like literally, I have no desire to watch them like yeah. um, but this was brimming with life your camera movements they were a little shaky but I liked it it was rough mm. you know and sometimes I like it a little rough like, <laughs> um, and three I would be remiss to like not mention we mentioned the character Carmen earlier yeah her name is Roma Mafia <laughs> <laughs> so if you were you know like if you were caught maybe impersonating an Italian person Ilaria Baldwin <laughs> different, different nationality different but was, you yeah. know yeah. in this like Maybe, you know, like, <laughs> this would be the type of thing that you would write for that character to make up. Yeah, my name is uh, Roma, Roma Mafia. <laughs> but shout out to you, Roma. I hope you're still working because you're amazing. In if this that world. is your stage name, I really want to know your inspirations yeah. behind why yeah. you chose it. <laughs> Roma, Roma ma, Mafia, Gaga. <laughs> Get into it. Um, it's a bag for me. Yeah. I enjoyed the paper. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so yeah. glad, team. I, I love this. I love this movie so much. Um, it's. I feel like like world building. It's such a rich movie. I, mm. I, it's one of those films that I can watch over and over and over again because there's just so much to see and so much to to hear and to to experience because it's it's so yeah it's so well done. I don't mm. understand how Ron Howard went from this. Like, was this and then Apollo 13? I don't know. If, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, Apollo, yeah. Th- like, Apollo 13 is I, 95. Yeah, yeah. I, I rewatched Apollo 13 the other day because that's another film that we, my dad used to watch all the mm, time. Right. He loves anything to do with space because it's like, maths solved the world. And right. Does like, he like Muppets in Space? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's seen that. <laughs> oh, um, you can do the rewatch. But, um, like, because, it, 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 like, yeah, because that movie is so long and it's like about maybe two and a half hours. And this mm. one, even though it's two hours, it feels like 90 minutes. It just mm. goes by yeah, so goes quick. By it's. It's so clever. It's so rich. I, I highly recommend everyone go try try to see it. it. It's on Apple Movies at the moment. It's not on Netflix or Google no. Movies, but you can get it on Apple Movies for like five bucks right mm. now, which is uh, seek which, it out. Yeah, seek it out. It's um it's really good, and also just the fact that it's an unintentional period piece for hey. um the newsroom, the newspaper that yeah. just doesn't exist anymore, which is you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would say it's a, it's a shame because like it's it seems like a stressful time and you know really really <laughs> tough. And I've my mum's got all these stories um, about like working there with the egos. There was all the smoking and drinking at yeah. work, mm. um, the rampant sexism and racism. Yeah, and I was in the in the room. There isn't so much depicted in this movie, but <laughs> was at the time. Yeah. Um, but like having this sort of record of it. That's though it's not a documentary. It is like. There's no reason for them to really like embellish it too no. much because like no. this is just what the world is. Yeah, yeah they're just experiencing it. Yeah, there yeah. was a shot in the film where they're up in the roof, and I was just like, "What if I see the twin towers?" That's like one of my <laughs> yeah. one, one of the Easter eggs that I love where they're in New York and yeah. then, like. Isn't that one of the like Muppets film like yeah. special sort of uh, the thing? There's there's I think a film where. 
Kermit goes back in time to see what his what like the world would be like if he had never been born. Yeah. And the Twin Towers are still up. <laughs> but uh, the film was made in 2002. Yeah. Oh, so oh, they yeah. intentionally did that. Yeah. Like, did oh, Kermit do 9-11? And the, the whole fight sequence at the end of Lilo and Stitch was meant to be like through New yeah. York City and stuff. No, that's yeah. Like it's um, in uh, a two weeks notice, which got released just like right after 9-11 very prominent like there's yeah. just two yeah. there um yeah but but yes, no, it's a definite bag for me. I'm so glad I got to see oh, it. Oh, that's with, right. With, oh, with, with, God. Uh, with, Imagine if you were like, Biff. <laughs> I loved it. I loved this, it. This movie sucked. But uh, no, the definite bag. Thank you so much for having me oh, no, on the no podcast. Worries. I've got so many more us. movies. Yes. Have me on again. Come back. Yes, it's so been it's, such a pleasure to have you on. It's, a, it's a win. For, it's a full bag. It's a full bag. Full bag for the paper. It would really make sense because that's what some bags are made out of. And you know what I noticed? Glenn, her character loses yet again to once, again. <laughs> once again you know well, what I'm going to say she's my pick I love Glenn Close yeah. I love Glenn Close so Same. much over Marissa Tomei even I'm going to say that yeah. right now I mean you can't spell Glenn Close without lose okay so it's, <laughs> so it's Matt, just, Matt is a, is a you know he loves the losers I do oh, love I do love a loser one of his favourite losers yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Max where can we discover you yeah. on the internet or do you have anything that you're working on or want to shout out um, let's see so if you want to follow my Instagram and Twitter I'm at Maxwell Upser that's A-P-S-E for Upser um, and if you want to check out my work um, you can check out uh, The Glitter Garden that was the drag musical for children I, I worked on last year Year. we're planning it's yeah. a really great with show. it uh compose music for it um and i did some voice work for it as well it's going to be traveling up north i think in february the details are not finalized um but you can go check out the website glittergarden.co.nz uh, i believe and you can listen to the music and you can look at some of the cool merch there's some really cool merch mm. out there um yeah, I think that's 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 what if I you want to hire someone, hire Oh my god, yes, please. Yeah. I, yes. I, I love working, I, I, I love working so much. <laughs> I do sound design and music, I'm a composer, I love music so much. Yeah. Please let me make music for you. <laughs> and I can get in touch with you like via your handles or like yeah, Twitter. Email. Um if you yeah, you can get in contact with me, yeah. Best go through Twitter or Instagram. I got a professional email, maxwellupsnz at gmail.com, if that's mm. more professional for you. Is that all one word? That's all one mm. word. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and you can find us at Mixed Bag Podcast um, or Mixed Bag Pod on our social medias. And you can email us at mixedbagcontact at gmail.com. Cool. That's going to uh, yeah. wrap it up for us today. Thank you for being thank, here, Max. Thank you, thank you so much. And thank you for sharing the paper, the best yeah. damn Ron Howard film I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Such right. a pleasure. All right. Bye. 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 You like those flicks? Come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.